This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. This week, the hardest prayers to pray. The hardest prayers to pray. So you maybe follow along the notes that are in the app, or you may be in your journal, or in the notes on your phone. But that's what we're going to talk about this weekend. The hardest prayers to pray. And I believe God's got a word for every one of us. Every one of us that's here, everyone that's watching online, at whatever campus we're a part of, I just want to encourage you, lean in right now. Just, just take a few minutes for the next 25 minutes or so. Just say, God, I am listening. I want you to speak to my heart. No matter where you're at in your faith journey, when we lean in like that and just a humility to say, God, I want to hear from you, God loves us so much, he's going he's gonna to speak to our lives. So I encourage you to do that. Pray with me. God, in Jesus' name, we just pray over this message and over, we're thankful for this series, just teaching us, showing us all the different options and opportunities and availability and, and approaches that the Bible talks about for prayer. It's so incredible. God, would you just help our hearts? Be open to receive your truth, to apply your truth, and then, God, to share your truth with the people that are in our world that we get to bless and speak into their lives during the week. We thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Everybody said a good amen. 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 Thanks so much. Luke chapter 1 and verse 1, Jesus um, had this incredible example of being an individual of prayer. Isn't it interesting that the Son of God, the sinless one, the only perfect person to ever walk this earth had this constant desire to set aside time for prayer, right? So prayer is never about uh, that, that we're really bad off and we need God. Prayer is about connecting with our Creator and our Lord and our Savior. So there's just so much to it that I love. We're going to feature Jesus a lot in the scriptures this weekend. Luke chapter 11, 1. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying... As he finished, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Lord, teach us to pray. Can I just share with Emmanuel this weekend when this thought of teach us to pray, I think one of the best postures or positions we can place ourselves in when it comes to Growing in our prayer journey and getting, and, and getting the greatest connection we can have to God is a posture of humility. Humility that says, no matter how long I've been in the faith journey, or maybe I'm brand new exploring the faith, I need God to teach me how to pray. And I love that the disciples asked this. So I'm going to share three confessions, all right, as we jump into this weekend's message. Three confessions one, two, three, I'm going to ask you to, re I'll share one, ask you to repeat it after me. Again, if you're at home watching by yourself or with some friends or family or at your one of our campuses, would you repeat these three phrases? They are confessions about prayer. Here's the first one. I need to learn about prayer. Second one is I've learned about prayer. Third one, really loud, I'm still learning about prayer. That's the cycle of a healthy prayer journey. No matter who we are, no matter how long we're in this thing, that's the cycle. I need to learn about prayer. 
Some this weekend watching or in, uh, on campus are saying, that's me, I need to learn about it, I'm not sure how to do it, it's new to me, or I've tried it, it hasn't worked out, and I want to get better at it, I need to learn about prayer. Some are like, you know what, I've learned about prayer. I have, I've, I, many of you have, I've been in church a long time, I've studied God's word, I have a faithful devotion life, and, and, and I, I'm doing the Bible reading through, you know, reading through the Bible in a year, and all these different great things, and then I'm praying about that stuff, and you're like, I, I've learned about prayer. Then the third confession is, I still need to learn about prayer. So no matter where we're at, even if we're at that place of saying, you know what, I've learned how to pray, can I just say to all of us, including myself, we still need to learn more about prayer. We just do. And so those three confessions, I believe, kind of tell the cycle of prayer in our lives. You know what, I need to learn about prayer. I have learned about prayer. And even though I have learned about prayer, there's still more I need to learn about prayer. And I'm going to share some of the things that God's been kind of just teaching me this year in my own prayer life. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6 through 13. Uh, this is the model prayer. Many of us have read it many times. Part of this is the model prayer, the Father's prayer. It's just incredible. But when you pray, Jesus is saying, when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. And I'm going to pause right here and just say, again, for those of us that want a healthy prayer life, I put myself in that category. Again, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. Do what Jesus did. Find a private place where you can be alone with God. And you can cry out to God. I don't care if you're 12 or 8 years old. We have some children in service. We're so glad you're in church with us this weekend. No matter what age we are, find a place where you can be alone with God, where you can say things out to God, and you're not worried about other people hearing you. You're just sharing your heart with God. You're just pouring your heart. I love that Jesus said, go to where you can pray to your Father in the words private, in privacy. Then your Father, let's pick it back up. Your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. So our personal prayer is never about saying the right thing over and over and over again. It's not, that's not what God's asked Jesus was telling them to do. Here's verse 8. Don't be like them for your Father, look at this, knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Can I just say, just for clarity, it's not wrong to share with God and ask him for what we need. It's not wrong. Just know he already knows. He already knows, and he is our loving Heavenly Father. And then Jesus says, so pray like this. He gives them an example, a model prayer. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth. Look at all these phrases. As it, as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So I shared with you, I'm going to share a few things that I've been learning over this last year that God's just been showing me. And then we're going to talk about how this feeds into the hardest prayers to pray. Um, and I've been a Christian for, and a pastor for a little over 30 years and uh, I'm, I started really young. For those of you who think I look old, I don't. So, um, but started really young. It's been a long time. Learned, learned a lot. I'm still learning about prayer. And one of the things I've learned, this is in, uh, in your notes. You can write this down. Prayer is as much about alignment as it is about access. 
Prayer is much, as much about alignment as it is about access. Alignment is about, how many know, alignment is about bringing ourselves in, in mind, thought, action, deed, to what God's heart for us is. So bringing our lives into alignment with him. And we're going to find out throughout this weekend's message a lot of what we're talking about and a lot of what Jesus did when he prayed, even at the very end of his life, was about his alignment with the Father. So if we need to pray about alignment with God, that would mean that our lives naturally tend to get out of alignment, right? How many know if you drive a car around and you're in a place, a city, a town around your, your house or where you live, your apartment, and there's a bunch of potholes, how many of you know after driving after over those potholes a few times, you need alignment, right? Takes the car out of alignment. Just like our lives, which have challenges and pains and, and potholes that we encounter in our lives. And prayer is one of those things that brings us back into alignment. Can I say, I love that we have access. I love it. So I'm not minimalizing that. I love that we have access. I love that Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, invites us into his presence. So I love that we have access, but I also want us to know I've learned this last year that it's as much about, as much as access is important, it's about alignment. And one of the things, I've, I've heard about the difference between, you know, prayer and meditation because the Bible talks about both of them. And just one of the things I've learned, and I, I love things that are really simple and clear, and this, maybe this will be a help to some of us. Prayer is talking to God. Meditation is listening to God. Prayer is talking to God. Meditation is listening to God. Don't just do one. Do both in your prayer life. Talk to God and, <coughs> excuse me, listen to God. I think it's so important. Even this phrase, this moment, church, when you're wrapping up your devotion time and you've read scripture, maybe you've shared some petitions with God, to pause and just say this phrase, Lord, would you please speak to me? And then just quiet yourself and just listen. And maybe have a journal out or maybe have your phone, your notes out. And just, just say, God, just, just speak to me. That's meditation. And it's so important that we've, we've had both of these, we have both of these in our lives. And getting ready for this weekend's message, a number of weeks ago, Pastor Nate said, this is the week you're going to have, Darren. And, and I knew we were in this series and was praying. I was searching scripture and thinking about the hardest prayers that God has called us to pray. And here's what I noticed. Oftentimes in the Bible, when people were in really tough spots and they were praying really challenging prayers, those were the moments all throughout the Bible where God showed up really big. Where God showed up really big. Look at it, Old Testament, New Testament. When you find followers of God and, and they were in moments of their life that were difficult and that were challenging, because how many know we all find ourselves in those moments at times? That's where God shows up big. When we find ourselves all throughout the Old Testament, Peter walking on water in the New Testament, Elijah and the prophets of Baal, the Old Testament, I could go on and on and on. When, when, when followers of God are leaning in and saying, okay, God, I'm in this big situation, tough situation, and you are asking God to save your family, save your company, bring a miraculous healing, and it's a tough thing, it's a big thing. Those are the moments where I've noticed in Scripture, God showed up the best. So I asked, God showed up big. So here's my thought, what if, what if as a church, as part of this series at Emmanuel in this time in summer of 2020, what if when we embrace prayers that call for lots of surrender in our lives, 
What if it actually positions us for amazing God moments? What if, church? What if, because that's what happens in the Bible all over the place, that in, coming out of this series, if we're like, you know what, even when we're in those crazy, difficult, painful, or challenging situations, and we lean in to pray and pray in surrendered prayers, and praying even sometimes hard prayers, it actually positions God, positions us for God to do amazing things in our lives. Isaiah 55, in verse uh, 3, and then we'll read verse 8 and 9. It says, come to me with your ears wide open. Come to me with your ears wide open. The only reason I think it would say that is if it's possible to come to God and not listen. It must be possible. Right? So otherwise, why would Scripture say, come to me with your ears wide open? So first time I read that, I thought, God, am I listening when I'm in your presence? Or am I doing all the talking? So come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find Life. I love that statement. Then verse 8 and 9, these are two life verses for me that I love. They have helped me so much. Look at them with me. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Everybody say this word out loud. Say sovereignty. Sovereignty. It's a biblical principle all throughout. The Bible talks about sovereignty really means, Isaiah 55 describes it. Sovereignty means a couple things. God is in charge, I am not. That's the first thing. So if anybody in the room, anybody that's watching online, anybody at one of our campuses, you're like, hey, I'm in charge, news break, you're not in charge. God's in charge. God's in control. God's got it. The other thing sovereignty says is he operates with a different mindset and in different ways and realms and thoughts that you and I don't have. What that means is we can relax, even though it might be difficult at times to say, I don't understand everything God's doing in my life. Has anybody ever experienced that before? So it's just, it's just one of those, that sovereignty is, is so important. God's sovereignty at times doesn't feel like God's blessing. God's sovereignty at times doesn't feel like God's blessing. Usually we get to look back on our life and say, wow, even though that was tough, even though that was difficult, even though that happened in my life, even though, and this, this again leans into alignment and the four prayers I'm gonna share with you here in just a second. Usually those moments, we can look back and see God's sovereignty and then we see God's blessing, but oftentimes in the middle of the moment, we don't feel blessed by it, right? How many know it's easy when you're just like, hey, God's told you to quit your job, lay down your job, you're not sure what's next, and you quit your job, and the next day you get offered a new job with double the salary, and you get to work from home. How many know that's great, right? Feels like blessing. There's many other examples when you don't feel God's blessing, feel is the word, in the midst of it. You may be battling infertility as a couple, and you've wrestled with that for months or years, and you're like, God, I feel it's sovereignty, but where's your blessing in it? You may be battling a sickness, a disease. You may have a prodigal son, daughter, or grandchild, and you're like, okay, when is that, when's my, my family member going to come back to Jesus? And you're like, I, I don't understand everything, God, you're doing, and, and it doesn't always feel like it, a healing need. There's a lot of moments that we face, but in the end, we know that God's sovereignty will show up through God's blessing in our lives. So I just, I want you, to, and I'll share a story that happened 20 years ago. And I'll try to share it fast. I gotta give you a warning because it, it's one of the most impactful, probably top, 
top 10 moments of my faith journey, but it's this illustration of sovereignty in the moment. So almost 20 years ago, I was co-leading a missions trip, a team of 15 of us. We're going from our church, and we're going to go to a communist nation in Southeast Asia. And again, 20 years ago, there was not near the digital presence. There wasn't smartphones. There wasn't all that kind of stuff. Our assignment was we were smuggling Bibles in to the underground church, Christian church in this country. So they weren't allowed to print Bibles. They didn't have a lot of Bibles. And one Bible oftentimes was, oftentimes was used from anywhere from 10 to 25 Christians. This was 20 years ago. And I mean, you know, like most of us, we had seven or eight of them in our house. And so our team of 15, we said, we're going to do this, and we're going to give them this ministry, we're gonna, and, and they're going to use them in the underground church. In this nation, it was illegal to carry a Bible. It was illegal to be a Christian, to worship publicly. It was illegal to share your faith with people. So that was, that was what was going on. It's still actually that way in this nation, but there's not as much need for the printed word. Well, this was 20 years ago. Printed Bibles, our team was going to take all these Bibles and smuggle them in. So we learned, team of 15... We learned how to do it. They showed us how to do it. And every person on the team was to take 10 Bibles. And you take 10 Bibles and you hide them in your suitcase or in your backpack. You split them up and you're going to put them in jeans or thick jackets or sweatshirts, right? Something that would conceal them so that if they went through the scanner in this communist nation, um, they probably wouldn't see it, okay? And so everybody was supposed to take 10. And um, in, this, in this experience, I was... I was getting ready for the trip, and I've led a lot of mission trips overseas, so I, I am a night before packer. Is anybody else that packs the night before your trip? I do not pack way out in advance. So I'm night before the trip, I'm packing, and I realize some of the team members are a little reluctant, so they took like five or six only. So there was 30 Bibles left. I decided I'm going to put them all in my suitcase. Okay? Some of you know where the story's going. So I put, I got them, I packed them up, I put them, I put about five or six in my backpack, probably 25 in my suitcase, and here's the plan. We're going to land in this nation, and when we land, you split into groups of five, three groups of five, and, and this is what happens. You walk towards customs in this country, and I've been there a few times, and you walk towards customs, and, and they will tell you, you don't want to act like you're a big group, so they will point the direction where you just to walk through, take your suitcase, you're good to go. Most people, 80%, would get that, just walk, you're good to go, you don't need to have any luggage scanned. Maybe a few people get their luggage scanned. So I'm with five, my group of five, I'm, I'm being a good leader, the four go in front of me, and the, the first person goes, they point, nope, no problem, go ahead and take your bags, you're good to go. Second person, you're good, no scanning needed. Third person, you're good, no scanning needed. Fourth person, you're good, no scanning needed. I walk up and they said, sir, scan your suitcase. Yeah, right? First of all, I started sweating and praying. That's how you know it's God, right? Because you're like, oh, my. And I started to think, I got 30 Bibles on me. And true story, true, true story. I'll try to share it fast. Um, they said, sir, you go ahead through security, through the line, and then and there's a backlog of bags to get put up on the conveyor. So I went through, and uh, then I went and I stood next to the gentleman that watches the x-ray scanner as the suitcases get on. Well, they started to put a few suitcases on. I'm 10 feet away from the guy, watching on the other side now. And I'm thinking, I'm going to get arrested. I'm going to get sent home. Something's going to, I don't know what's going to happen. I was freaking out a little bit. How I many you know you're just praying, Jesus, 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 right? But you can't say it out loud in this country. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And all this is taking place. The first few suitcases get on that aren't mine. And can I just tell you, if you think you're hiding things in your suitcases, you're not. 
they can see everything that's in the, the scanner idea wasn't working very good. So these things came through, and I'm watching, and I'm looking, and they put my suitcase up on the scanner, and I am just praying. And mine comes into the little black belt area where it goes into the x-ray machine. As soon as mine went into the x-ray machine, the employer that's watching the scanner turned and talked to his friend. Like five minutes, or five seconds, I'm sorry, like five seconds. Felt like five minutes. Five seconds. I'm looking at the screen. My suitcase comes in. It looks like a Bible library. Can I just tell you that? I mean, it does. Because I, I hit it in like T-shirts, which are totally see-through and all this kind of stuff. All I saw in my suitcase was books. My suitcase came, I'm watching, I'm 10 feet away, came out of the scanner. The employee turns and looks back at the, at the scan. Come on, somebody, right? Yeah. God's sovereignty doesn't always feel in the moment like God's blessing. But if we trust him, it will work out. God's got, that's, that changed my prayer focus pretty much for the rest of my life. So I'm going to share these quick four prayers that feel hard to pray. Four prayers that feel hard to pray. Here's the first one. Lord, please change me. Lord, please change me. How many of you know, we're not supposed to pray God change our spouse, right? Pray God change me. It's one of those things, I mean, that just, I, we should pray for people that need Jesus all the time, but Lord, please change me. Psalms 139, verse 23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything. When we say, Lord, change me, we're asking him to point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Pray that prayer. I dare you. Lord, please change me. The second prayer is this. Lord, search my heart. Lord, search my heart. James 4, and I've, I've learned this, and I'm this last year, and I'm trying to do more of it in my own life. Remember, we're still growing. We're all learning together. No matter where we're at in our faith journey, we're in this process. Lord, search my heart. Look at this. This is a tough scripture. i got to warn you, it's a challenging one. James 4 says, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Um, it's really important that we pray in a way that's not self-centered all the time. That does say, God, search my heart, right? It's just, it's just important that we, we, we consider that. And it's a, it's a tough prayer to pray at times, but there's, there's such a blessing in it. So Lord, search my heart. The next one is this. Lord, I'm available, send me. Lord, I'm available, Send me. Isaiah 6 and verse 8 says, Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Another group of people. Who will go for us? I said, Here am I. Send me. Man, this is one of those prayers that oftentimes we don't pray. Lord, I'm available. I encourage you to pray this prayer. I'm available. Send me. And that could be send me to my local community. There's a ministry, there's an outreach that you have a heart for, a big heart for. That's the place. Or it could be to my school. Or it could be to my college. 
or it could be to my workplace, or it could be to my neighborhood. God, I want to be that person that you send to represent you and share the love of Jesus Christ. We've got to pray this prayer once in a while. Lord, send me, or to another nation, or to another nation somewhere in the world. I, I just, I want to encourage you. I, I, I feel like I'm supposed to give this challenge to our Emmanuel family this weekend, and, and I apologize in advance. I didn't ask Pastor Nate if I could give this challenge, but I'm still going to do it, all right? Because I know he would love it as well. Some of you know I have a huge heart for kingdom builders, huge heart for missions, and I feel like we're supposed to, I'm supposed to share this with you. I'm going to give you a challenge, everybody that's part of our Emmanuel family, online, in person, at a campus, that in 2021 or 2022, you would go on a mission team, a kingdom builder team. And I would ask you to pray about that challenge and just figure it out. I've done over 30 of them. If you have questions, I'd love to talk to you. I've seen everything work out from finances to childcare to all the different things, language barriers, all that kind of stuff. If you don't want to go to the communist nation, okay, I won't take you there. It's all right. But I pray that you would take that challenge and just say, God, here am I. Send me. My last thought on this, on that point of, Lord, here am I, send me. Pray this prayer, pray it this way. Don't pray, Lord, should I go? Pray, Lord, where should I go? He's already told us he wants us to go. Our prayer of direction is, Lord, where do you want me to go? Make sense? Don't shout me down. You're too excited right now. All right, here we go. I love that, love that thought. The last prayer is this, Lord, your will... Is priority over my will. Lord, it's a hard prayer to pray sometimes. Lord, your will is a priority over my will. We began with Jesus. We're going to end with Jesus. Matthew 26. Some of you knew this verse was coming. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, sit here where, while I go over there to pray. He went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my Father, if it is possible... Let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. The fourth prayer is, Lord, your will is priority over my will. It's not acknowledgement that we don't have a will. We do. We have wills, we have desire, things that where we want it to go. But this, will, this prayer is about the priority. God's will, I'm going to pray, is priority over mine. Jesus, make no mistake, is saying in this prayer to his father, Father God, I don't want to die this way. It's right before the crucifixion, right before the test the, the, and the persecution, the, the beating from the Pontius Pilate, all the death, and then straight to the crucifixion. He says, I don't want to die. And then he finishes, though, with your will be done. Can I also say that this is the moment in Scripture, hear me, Emmanuel, where God gives us permission to be totally honest with him in our prayers. God can handle our honesty, right? He can. If you're wrestling with something and you don't want to do it and, and whatever, and you're, you can be honest with God. Just finish it. Even if you're crying out to God and you're frustrated and you're hurt, God can handle that hurt or those questions. Finish it with, but God, at the end of the day, sovereignty, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Not my way, not my will, but yours be done. A few final thoughts and then we'll pray. These four prayers, I want you to notice, are prayers that others can't pray for us. These aren't prayers other people can pray for us. Right? You're not going to ask somebody else to pray for you that God would change you. So we have to pray these prayers ourselves. 
having other people pray for us and other things is great. These are for, Lord, change me. Lord, send me. Lord, your will be done. Lord, lead. These are prayers we have to pray for ourselves. The other thing I want you to notice is children, young people, adults, long-term Christians, brand-new Christians, even those exploring Christianity, we can all pray these prayers. And God will honor it. God loves it. God wants it. It's so good. One more thought, then I'm going to give you two quick applications, and we're going to pray. Here's a truth, because sometimes we can get a little mixed up on why we think God answers prayer. God doesn't answer our prayers because we deserve it or he owes it to us. He doesn't. He doesn't answer our prayers because we deserve it or he owes it to us. Let's uncomplicate it. You know why God answers our prayers? Because he loves us. Amen, church? He loves us. That's why he answers our prayers. And we're so thankful for God and his incredible love. So here's the application. Because I said early in the service, nobody's watching by accident. Nobody's here by accident. Here's two applications. The first one I call it an honesty moment. Which of these prayers do, do I need to pray today? Which of these prayers do I need to pray today? I pray you would be honest and just say, Holy Spirit, point that out. Point that out because I want to pray that prayer. Maybe it's more than one. The second thing, second application, is I'm just going to ask you this week, between now and next Sunday, would you take five to ten minutes and just pray each of these prayers? Just five to ten minutes. Moving mountains and using prayer in our lives to do it. God, I'm going to pray these prayers. I challenge you just in the next six days, five or ten minutes, and listen and see what God does in our lives. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. To learn more about the many ministry opportunities we have throughout the week, be sure to check out emmanuelcc.org.